welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. So how are you handling all the change in your life? Are you able to navigate your human experience? Welcome to episode number 66. Today, I'm welcoming back medium and spiritual teacher Priscilla Bankston. Like many of you, the pandemic has brought her much change. Her big wellness center that she's had for a long time is now closed and she's moving to an online platform. And this is a lot of work and a lot of pivot, a lot of change. We're going to talk about how she's dealing with it and also dive into some very deep human topics such as imposter syndrome, your inner child, the shadow side of the soul, and more. Priscilla, welcome back. Yeah, a lot has changed since the last time I was on the, your podcast, for sure. When you were on, I was physically at your wellness center in Glastonbury, yep. Connecticut. Big, beautiful wellness center. We're sitting there and there's Buddha statues and crystals and it's so peaceful <laughs> and beautiful. And we talk about what it's like to manage this big, beautiful wellness center. And now it's gone. Yeah, things have changed, not in a bad way, though. You know, they, they've not changed of, uh, oh, no, she had to close down because there's no money and COVID and all that. It was literally my lease was coming up for renewal. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, at that point, we had, that was in July. And at that point, since March, we'd been in quarantine and yeah. I'd been working online and... I had to pivot really quick and I thought, why would I keep paying a lot of money for the next three years when for the next year I'm not going to use it? Right. So it's more of a business decision that just said I can do my business online. Right. Still make it work. Right. But a big change nonetheless. And yeah. you've had a wellness center for a long time. I have. I, I've had a wellness center since uh, 2009. Wow. So yeah, 11, 11, a little over 11 years that I've actually had a physical place where people could come. And, you know, I started out at 250 square feet and then ended up at 4,200 square feet. So you know, after a while, you kind of go like, well, people actually have to come through the doors to make it, uh, make it work and keep the doors open. So yeah, it's a good decision. I may be back, but right now it's about pivoting, shifting, rebranding, you know, not being the same old me that I used to be and kind of chilling a little bit. I'm actually kind of liking that <laughs> a little bit more. Why wouldn't you? This is how I've been doing it for so long. Yeah. And I, I couldn't imagine any other way. Well, I, I get to the point of 
like, okay, how am I doing my day? So I have to like rethink things. Mm -hmm. And my biggest piece to this right now is to make sure that I don't just keep going back to the old stuff, mm -hmm. that this is a time of rebranding. So I literally promised myself that the month of August was all about just calming down, like letting go and reorganizing my life. And so that's really what I've been doing. I really have been working, seeing clients, like seeing them online here, but seeing clients maybe two days a week. And the rest has been like clearing stuff up, cleaning stuff out, getting rid of things in my life, um, you know, like giving things the attention that they needed that they haven't gotten because I've been so busy at the center. So big shifts, big and changes. Many people are struggling right now. This pandemic absolutely flipped their life upside down mm -hmm. and change brings anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. Why is it, do you think? That people just, they just have a hard time handling change. Well, we're creatures of habit, aren't we? Mm -hmm. You know, we get into a habit and, and in many ways, like look at the systems that we grew up in, right? As soon as we are old enough to go off to school, we're in a system a permission-based system, you know, and, and it's like, we get into the habit, you get up, you go to do this, you go, you know, even when you're an adult, you get up, you go to work, you come home, you have dinner, you watch TV, you go to bed. Like if that's just our entrainment, that's the way kind of society has imprinted upon us. And unless we have the wherewithal to say change is good, you know, it's going to be scary for people because it means you're, you're having to let go. There's a big hole there. It's mm -hmm. almost like a grief, you know, it becomes mm -hmm. a grief because we don't know who we are anymore. Which is always interesting because we're living in a, 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 a temporal situation. Everything's temporary. Yeah. <laughs> Everything well, you have is like on loan. Yeah. And we don't realize that. Again, we're imprinted by this, own it. You know, I created my path. I own it. It's like, it's kind of freeing to not have to uh, be so stuck in the physical world. Um, but can't, you know, I mean, I think our goal in life of being a, a human is how do we navigate this? How do we take our soul lessons and navigate it in the human world? And I love how you ended up naming your talks. Yeah, Navigating, Navigating Human. Human. <laughs> it's great. And that will be my podcast name too. But that's the whole idea of like how, yeah. how do we take everything that we do in the metaphysical and apply it to the physical world? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we, we get so caught up in that we're here in the physical world that we have to live in the physical world. Yeah. When in reality, we have all the tools that we need to be able to bring ourselves from that metaphysician to the physical being mm -hmm. and giving people roadmaps or giving people navigation tools along the way. That's kind of important. I think, I think that's what I was brought here to do. I feel that a lot of folks are having trouble with the pandemic 
because they are they don't know how to be alone mm-hmm. they don't know solitude yes. they're there's and people are are craving to get back to the movies the concerts bowling like i can't miss my <laughs> bowling like you know people are this social distancing thing is 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 driving some people up a wall yeah that that initially was the big thing for me you know i kind of kept my doors open maybe a little bit here and there as everything was starting to close down and then officially kind of shut the space down on the exact date. I think it was like the 23rd or something like that. But, but that was the biggest thing that was coming up. Like people needed people. And I think when people do, because my whole community is, is about coming together. And, you know, I, I even pointed out somewhere along the way on Facebook post, um, one of my, uh, two of my former students met in a class and were like now on vacation. Like they met in a class like, I don't know, seven years ago and they're still friends and they went on vacation together with their spouses. And I thought like, well, that's what I did is I built community here. Mm -hmm. And so now how do I keep them together even though we can't be together? And so, you know, people were really getting into depressions and, you know, thank God some of the stores were open because people were walking around the stores just to be around people. Mm. Going to Home Depot, going to Stop and Shop, going to Whole Foods just to be around people. Mm -hmm. We were told we needed to be isolated. You know, we were told, somebody told us we had to do that. And all of a sudden it felt like somebody took away my free will too on top of it. Right. That I don't have control. Right. So. Yeah, March and April were quite quite different. I personally, I fit right in. I I was meditating. I mean, I loved it. I mean, obviously I felt bad for the people that were going through, but. You know, there there is a part of um, the spiritual portion of this life where we do need to be alone and mm-hmm. and and yeah. get in touch with the divine on our own accord. Yeah, absolutely. It's when we can do both that we're really. You well, know, again, that's the the part of the metaphysical joining with the physical, physical right? right? Like exactly, you know, that side of us can be perfectly happy alone in a meditation and quiet with nobody else around me, right? Yeah. But can we apply that into our world? Can I be perfectly happy being in the physical world all by myself? You know? Yeah. So, and and then if you have anxiety or you have depression or you have some other issue coming up for you already it just exacerbated it right and it would just put you further down the rabbit hole so it's like let's not forget about those people we got to keep them included in some way you know the the number one thing that i hear from my community i just want to i want to just give you a hug when i can I'm like, well, I'll see you in a year. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> hug, you know. Right, right. Because right. that's what it you like you get done with a session and you're hugging somebody. You you know, you meet new people, you're in a class together, you spend the weekend together, you're like you give everybody a hug. And yeah. like that's the part that people are like, I just miss hugging. Why can't I hug somebody? Yeah. 
Like just don't breathe on them. Put a mask on and look away. You know. Right, right. It's the new. That's the new norm. Yeah. How how does somebody date in the pandemic? How do how I does, know? What do you do? <laughs> do you rub each other's masks against each other? Like yeah. how, do you, how does this work? Elbows. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's a silly time. You know, it's a it's definitely a time of pivoting. That's kind of been my word this year of like called pivot because we, we literally have to turn. We never know what's going to come next. Like what, what else is happening in 2020? And we just have to pivot our energy and into it. I feel like, I feel like you, me, and many others who have been entrepreneurs almost have that advantage because being Mm. an entrepreneur, things change all. I mean, there's constant pivots. (laughs) Yeah. You look one day and you're like, okay, how are we going to do that? You know, like you're constantly in that state of one step ahead, one step ahead, you know, not to dwell on it, but you can, you know, if, if you are an entrepreneur, if you have that mindset, that's basically how you live anyway. I can be at peace and make those decisions, but I can make them quickly. Yeah. So how did you deal with closing because not only did you close down the wellness center, you had the, I mean, you have a lot of furniture and oh, pictures yeah. <laughs> and like you have to get rid of tons of stuff. 4,200 square feet of furniture. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally been narrowed down to a 10 by 10 storage space. And even then I got done and I thought, why am I keeping this stuff? I can just buy it if I need it again. You know, like I could just sell this and buy it if I need it again. So our mind plays all of these games with us like, yeah, but you're not going to get that model of it. And you're not going to get that version. And it's like, so what, you know? (laughs) So, so part of it, people, people honestly thought I was going to have a hard time with the attachment of it. And I was like, no, off it goes Bye." you know? Like it was literally every day, Facebook, I got this for sale. Every time I'd clean out a room, it would get posted on Facebook. Uh, You know, Marketplace was great for Facebook. Just everything just goes. And, you know, it it was just like, off. I just wanted to be free. You know, it just, it literally like took a huge weight off of me as every piece went out the door I was happy that it went to somebody's home somebody who would use it somebody who could appreciate it it sounds like such a great lesson in simplicity and detachment absolutely that's like like I'm like get rid of everything that's all I literally have been doing for the last couple of months and I made a deal with myself that said if you find something in these boxes that you forgot you had and you love and you want to keep it, you have to let go of something else that's already in the center. So I literally remember one night, like Friday night, walking around with this beautiful crystal that I had forgotten that I had and thought, oh my God, this is so pretty. And walking room to room and saying, if you keep this, you have to get rid of something else. And I found another piece that I absolutely loved also that had been sitting in one of the reading rooms for, you know, three years at this place and maybe another five years at the other space. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. And it's a unique piece. And I was like, that one will be better in somebody else's home. And it's at somebody's house on display, beautifully lit on glass shelves. And I'm like, okay, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, somebody else is happy. 
with a beautiful piece. You had to let go of a lot in in a short period of time. Yeah. Sometimes that's overwhelming. And there were points (laughs) that I was like, just take it, just take it, just get rid of it. You know, I was like, I don't care. I don't care. Just here, I'm throwing it in, you know? Well, the Healing and Harmony Center, Glastonbury, Connecticut, will, it served its purpose. It did. It did, it, it did its work. Whether COVID had come and I closed or stayed open, it didn't really matter because this was really the point of change anyway. Mm. And I knew I was going online regardless. And this just made it like more sensible, I guess, a better business decision sure. to say, let's not distract ourselves from what we really want to be doing. And it's time for me to reach a global market. And I can't do that while I'm trying to keep a roof over my head in Connecticut. Right. You know, it's time for a new transformation. And I can't keep doing things the way that I was doing them even 11 years ago or 16 years ago when I started all this, like I can't just keep being the same old person to the same people. And that's the biggest, you know, like I'd said earlier, I can't uh, go back to where I used to be. The temptation is to just keep recreating what I did or recreate it online. And that's not really the direction I need to be going. Cause it's just more crazy for me. It just becomes more like more, more scatteredness you gotta row 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 your boat gently down the stream there's so many lessons and gems here in this story that i hope the listeners are taken away because everyone's everyone's going through a change right now everyone's going through a change and so yeah absolutely get ready to pivot folks That's that's actually the name of one of the programs that I'll be getting to is how do we pivot? You know, how do whether it's in business, whether it's in life, that you know we we have to look at uh, we just have to look at our life and the impermanence of it. I guess. Yes. Yes. That's the big piece is that we think everything is so permanent and we get so comfortable in our permanence that if we could actually just let go a little bit. Mm-hmm. and be open to change, it wouldn't be so shocking when it happens. Right, right. We're all on a journey anyway through this experience. So why not take yeah. a left turn here and then a right turn there? Why not? Well, I'm on like my fourth career. I mean, who cares? <laughs> it's like that age old question, what are you going to be when you grow up, Kev? <laughs> yeah, it's what am, what am I going to be every decade? Yeah. Yeah. What am I going to shift and change to? You know, what, what will I be? If you ever asked me, you know, years ago when I was in the fitness industry is, you know, where are you going to be when you're this age? I'd be like, certainly wouldn't have been this. This would not have been my answer. Right. I I would have been like, Oh, I'm still in the fitness industry and I'm, you know, still training people and, you know, enjoying it. And that wouldn't have been my thought. Yeah. Let's go be a medium and let's open up centers and let's mm-hmm. reach people all over the world. And yeah, wouldn't have been my thought. So, so let's talk about navigating human. Yeah. Let's talk about some topics. Let's just run down some topics. You ready? Sure. Tell me about imposter syndrome. Oh, <laughs> that's a biggie. Mm-hmm. Especially when we're talking in, in change, you know, um, we all have inside of us the ability to do great and amazing things. And 
if we would just allow that to unfold, we'll be in the exact right place that we are. However, most of us have that human side of us that says, you can't do that. Who are you to do that? What do you think you're special or something? You know, it's all the old chatter from maybe when you were growing up or it's that old um, self-worth piece. You know, I just had this conversation with a client this this afternoon or this morning, you know, of, of like, like, have you ever taken a workshop online or in person of somebody who was awful at what they did? And she's like, yeah. And I said, and you paid for it, right? She said, yeah. I said, what's the difference between them and you? And she's like, well, I don't know, maybe they have more confidence. I'm like, no, they just did something. That's all. They just Mm. did something. So, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Done is better than perfect. Just get it done messy. So imposter syndrome is that place where we always question ourselves. Is it going to be good enough? Am I going to be good enough? Are people going to like me? You know, it's that old, like, they like me. You really, really like me. Mm. Like, it doesn't matter if people like you. If you have a message to deliver, get out there and deliver it. Mm. We all have innate gifts and we've all been given the GPS map. Like, let's go do it. But this whole thing of like, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. I'll, I'll be, it's like fake it till you make it, you know? Like, get out there and just do it. Put a smile on your face. You just have to be 10% better than what you're, te- you know, like the people that you're teaching. That's all. You have to know 10% more than the people that you're teaching. That's it. 10%. That's not much. Right? <laughs> How does someone find their soul's purpose? Ah, uh, yeah. So there's little clues along the way. Right. That's what I, I like to tell people. There's clues along the way. So look where you are today behind the mic again. Mm. Look where you started behind the mic. Mm-hmm. So you can't seem to get away from it, even though you took a few years absence. Right. I know. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. So it doesn't matter exactly what you're doing that Kevin's doing a podcast. It's just, you're here to communicate, right? You have messages to communicate and it doesn't matter if you do it through a website, through webinars, through a radio station, through a podcast, like that's part of the clues that have been left behind, right? Mm -hmm. You had clues all through your life. Like when you were a kid, did you talk all the time? time did you have a gift of gab or were you just quiet and chill uh once i got you know seven eight nine years old not yeah i was talking gift of gab right yeah yeah. (laughs) like you don't have any problems with it so we've got to pay attention to the the patterns that we've had in our life because most people getting to this point um of life change. We'll say, I want to know what my soul's purpose is. What is my soul's purpose? Please help me. And, and I'm like, how about if we look at not about, you know, what is my purpose here? How about if we look at living on purpose? How about if we look at that and then we can extract little clues out of the past that we've had. Most people want to say, get me out of corporate. I'm done. I want to go live my soul's purpose. Mm. And they negate that whole part of their life, which might be like 30 years of their life, like as if it didn't exist and it wasn't important. Mm. But it absolutely was important because there's things that you learned 
by doing that job, there's skills that you learned. You learned how to communicate. You learned how to be part of a team. You learned technical skills, right? All of those things will have to do with where you're heading, mm -hmm. right? You didn't just pick up a mic and go, I'm doing a podcast. Like, you know, the technical side of that. And you learned that from a job that you had an interest in way back in your twenties. A long right? time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So like, let's not negate the jobs we've had or the themes we've had throughout our life, because I can honestly tell you, like, I know I'm here to be of service to people because every job that I've ever had has been in the service industry. That's all it's been. So to say, I don't, I'm not going to serve people anymore. I'm just going to do it in a different way. I'm doing it behind a microphone, behind a camera. That's all. So I can reach out to a larger amount of people. Mm. I don't necessarily have to be in person, but the gift of gab for me, like I remember being in my like early teens and early twenties and you know, people would be like, oh my God, public speaking. And I was like, give me a crowd, you know, give me people to talk to. I'm <laughs> yeah. good, yeah. you know? So like that was never a fear of mine, public speaking, or I don't know enough or any of that. I, it just became, I'm here to deliver some messages. Doesn't matter right. what they are, right? right? At that point it was fitness, you know, then it became life and, you know, self-esteem. And now it's like all in the holistic world. It's all the same. I'm just getting people from a different angle and people who are ready to hear my message at that point of my training, you know, my 10% better than where they were at. That's all. <laughs> and so now, you know, hopefully through all these years, I'm a little bit more than 10%, but I'm sure people will be 10% less. And what that does is it pushes me. You know, I can be 10% and then all of a sudden my teachings bring them up to my level. And I'm like, oh, I got to go 20% and then they come, you know, you just keep getting better. That's the best way to do it. You know, just get started. Well, that's interesting that you said that because, you know, in 2019, I spent a lot of time at the Bridge Healing Center in Farmington. And I ran across, uh, I mean, a bunch of people that have Priscilla stories. I'm like, what is, what are you like a Connecticut, like a Harford County celebrity or something? Like, I don't know, the guru. I'm there, the guru. <laughs> there were, there were, you know, mediums and, yeah. and spiritual teachers there that, yeah. you know, got their start from being at your absolutely wellness center and learning from you. Yeah. I, I, you know, one, I remember being at a show many years ago, probably. It had to be at least like 2004, 2005. And I was at an expo and we were set up in our corner and I was like, let me go walk around. There was probably about 80 vendors at this fair. And I walked around like student, 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 <laughs> student, you know, it was kind of like, Oh, a client came through my program, did that. You know, it was, it was, great you know like it's a it's a nice feeling that i've made a mark mm. and that's good that like that says to me okay that challenge has been completed mm. you know like people are like what are we going to do what are we going to do i'm like do you know how many people i've trained in in connecticut alone never mind new england like go to one of them 
(laughs) You don't need me for that part of it. Like they know what I know because I trained them in that and they may give it to you differently, but maybe you need a different perspective too. You know, another aspect of change. Maybe we need a different perspective instead of the same person being the teacher all the time. Maybe we need to hear somebody else so that we can appreciate or get a different viewpoint. So it's a, 3.33. 3.33. I just looked up the clock. 3.33 on my clock too. Yeah. yeah. There's breadcrumbs. There's clues Absolutely. to the soul's purpose. Yeah. Notice the themes of your life. I never, using myself as an example, I've never um, looked at it from that perspective with the microphone like you just pointed out. Yeah. Yeah, I was just in communication mode. Like your, your gift of gab is important, right? Some people will find that they've been advocates all their life, that they've been advocating for this cause or for this person or a sick parent or a child with special needs or like they're the advocate. Many of us will find we're here to be of service. Many of us will find that we're just the technical person and they can't imagine that that could be a soul's purpose. I'm like, well, why not? The world needs that technical aspect. You know, even like as, as technical as I can be or you can be, we still need some help here and there. We need to ask somebody some questions every once in a while. Like, mm-hmm. how do I? Like, so they don't see that. They see that as a job, you know? And I, I'd rather talk about life purpose in a way of let's live your life on purpose with a purpose what cause or what is that one thing you could talk about all day long and never get tired of Mm. and find the theme there. That's how you're going to find it. Yeah. And the other part is it doesn't have to be a grand gesture. I think we've been entrained as humans to think that our life purpose or our soul's purpose is some grand Dalai Lama, Mother Teresa kind of aspect, right? And I I think I may have mentioned this in our last interview about, you know, the one person with one message. Maybe your whole entire soul's path and the whole purpose for you to be here is to deliver one message to one person. Mm. And maybe you already did it. Mm. Maybe you did it when you were 20, But see, the thing is, nobody's telling you who the person is or what the message is. Mm -hmm. And so we keep thinking now, like, wouldn't you be a little different if you had that perspective of you're here to have one message delivered to one person? Imagine that somebody living, let's say, 80 years to deliver one message to one person when they're 22 years old. Yeah. (laughs) Like they already did it, you know, and they're like, and they keep waiting. Where's my soul's purpose? Where's my life purpose? I'm like, maybe you already did it, but wouldn't you live differently? Wouldn't you think like every person you met, wouldn't you say, oh, maybe this is the one, maybe this person, is this the person? Is that the message? I don't know. But I tend to, to look at it that way to say, maybe I would look, maybe I, live my life differently because I have a perspective of saying, well, maybe this person is the one that has to hear my message. Mm. So I would live differently, you know? So live on purpose, find a purpose to, you know, connect to. You just got to get started again. What's the difference between somebody who's doing something and somebody not is like they did something. That's mm. all. Mm. It could be messy and ugly and, and complicated, but doesn't have to be perfect. 
Next topic. What's the shadow side of the soul? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm just throwing so, them at you. I know. I'm like, these are all my topics that I've yep. been talking about. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kevin did his homework here. Mm-hmm. Good job. So it's my the purpose. Shadow side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, you're the interviewer. Mm-hmm. Um, so as spiritual beings, it's very easy for us to like to talk about the light side of the world and the light side of who we are and the good and the love and the, you know, the, like I am a spiritual being. Yet in order for that side to exist, contrast has to exist. And that means the shadow also exists. The mm. light and the dark all have to exist and coexist. And we can recognize that. And many people know that and many people specialize in shadow work. But what the shadow side is, it is usually one, easy, simple, um, all the things that we don't necessarily want anybody to know about us, right? All the embarrassment things or all the evil and nasty things that we didn't do. Um, all the things we never want to be become our shadow. Mm. Yet my philosophy on this is, is that most of us will resist our shadow, thereby giving more attention to it and often feeding it at times. Mm. So if you grew up in a household where there was turmoil and chaos or alcoholism or drug addiction, and you turn into an adult and say, I will never, ever have that happen to me. I will never, ever feed that shadow. I don't ever want that to happen in my life. When you resist it in a way of saying that you could never be that, you will somehow either attract it into your own life or through somebody else in your life. So for example, you might marry an alcoholic or you may go through your life like, I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to be that. I'm going to be the light. I am the light. I am the light. And all of a sudden you hurt your back in a car accident. Mm. And now you're having to take painkillers and then you get addicted to painkillers and now you can't get out of that addiction. And now you become the addict, all the things you never wanted to be, but you never thought you would ever be the addict. You never intended to be the addict, but if we can identify and acknowledge that we are both the light and the dark, that at any given point, I can be that addict. At any given point, I can be an alcoholic. At any given point in my life, I could be broke and homeless. Mm-hmm. I don't want it, but to deny that that is part of me, that's just ridiculous because it is part of me. At any given point, I can be that. So we need to make friends and identify it. We need to embrace that that could be me. At any given point, because otherwise judgment comes in, you know, look at the things that you're judging. That's usually a recognition of a shadow. Um, I use the example of, um, and I don't like to get political. I'm not getting political here, but this is a prime example that we're all aware of. Mm. In 2016, when Donald Trump was running for president, Mm -hmm. he stood up in front of a press briefing, a press conference, and he made fun of a handicapped reporter. Mm. 
literally with hand gestures and changed his voice and the whole thing. And the world was appalled. Like, that's not presidential. That is, what is up with, why is that man doing that? Is so, you don't make fun of people who are handicapped. The shadow side of us just came out in that. Because I will guarantee you that every single person who said that has made fun of somebody, mm-hmm. maybe not a handicapped person, but you've made fun of somebody That's right. in your life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But now I'm in this light side of me. I am better than that. Right. So he just represented a beautiful shadow side of me. Mm-hmm. And if I'm appalled by it, that I better wake up to it to say, oh crap, have I ever made fun of somebody? Hmm, I think I have. Yeah, that's just pointing it out for me. It just becomes a mirror that's held up in front of my face. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I also tell a story. I had a client at one point, like she was a drug addict and she had gotten clean and she got back into it. And, and she, you know, I said, she said, why are you so nice to me? And I said, well, because I am you and I can be you at any given moment in, in time. And she said, no, you can't. I said, oh, easily, easily. I could easily become a drug addict just as you could easily become like me. So she said, well, I highly recommend you don't. And I said, well, I don't plan on it, but I also know it could be a part of my life experience if I let it in. Yeah, yeah. I'm reminded of some years ago when it came out that Floyd Mayweather, the, you know, all time great boxer couldn't read. And we don't know if that's true. Maybe he's just not good at it. I don't know, but there was a lot Mm -hmm. of memes on Instagram coming out and they're just terrorizing him that he can't read. And I'm like, some people can't read. It's like a thing. It's, It's not, Right. And, like, and we have to remind those people, remember, there was a point in your life that you didn't know how to read. <laughs> it's like somebody taught you how to read. I mean, the guy made $500 million. So yeah. obviously he did okay without reading. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's somebody, where our judgments come in. Yeah. Right? Our opinions yeah. and our judgments. And yeah. we're just so, we're, we're, vi- we're mentally vicious animals. <laughs> yeah. Because that's our shadow side. It's like, do you want to feed it, right? Right. You know, and it's it's like there's the the story of the two wolves. Have you ever heard that one? That's like an ideal shadow side. So the the grandfather's telling his grandson, you know, the story of the two wolves, and and he said, you know, one is is kind and gentle, and the other one is vicious, and you know, and and they're in a battle with each other, right? And and the the little boy said, well, Grandpa, who who, which wolf wins? And he said, the one you feed, mm. you know, because it represents the, the sides to us, the shadow side and the light side. But, you know, everything in the universe is contrast. So right. we can't have a light side without having a dark side, you know, and, and it'll go through. And I, I've experienced this too. People will meet me because I'm a spiritual leader, mm. you know, in some way they have formed an opinion about what I'm supposed to be. And their expectations of me by the title they have given me. And so when I behave differently than that, they're like, oh, oh, you know, she's evil. She's this. She's that. And I'm like, no, I'm human. I'm both of those things. Everyone wants to play the game of gotcha. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, even, it's highlighted even most in the political world. Yeah. 
the Democrats play gotcha with the Republicans and the Republicans play gotcha with the Democrats. Yeah, it's a game. Everyone's trying to find the contradiction. Yep. Or hypocrisy. Yeah. And 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 I and what I would say again, here's your mirror. Where is that in you? Mm. You know, where's your own hypocrisy? Where's this, like I I never told you that I was that. I just like people say, well, what do you call yourself? I'm like Priscilla. That's what I call myself. I don't need a title. I don't need anything. Like this is who I am. You know, like like it or not, I don't care. Yeah. But I'm going to show you sides to me that you're probably not going to like. And I, and I know, like, even when I would bring on practitioners years ago, and this was coming up for me the other, about a week ago, you know, I would sit them down and I would say, listen, I'm going to guarantee you at one point in our relationship, I am going to say or do something that is going to totally piss you off <laughs> and you are not going to like me. Yeah. Because again, you've known me in one way, you've had an expectation of me in one way, and then all of a sudden I just show you who I am. Like, like I don't pretend to be anything different, you know? Like, this is just who I am. So, um, yeah, and then that's, that's usually what ends up, like, all of a sudden it's like, they're shocked. I'm like, why are you shocked? Because I told you this from the beginning of our relationship. Mm-hmm. So. Preconceived notions. Yeah. Stereotypes. Yeah. Yep prejudice well let's let's just embrace who we are you know yeah yeah. let's just like let's just embrace that side of us because nobody's better than anybody else right i've been through that many times radio career to holistic doctor career it's you know now the inner peace guy yeah what happens when the inner peace guy gets mad at his mom? You know, like, ooh, you're not. You're not the inner peace guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're, you, you know, I, I always use the example of the Dalai Lama. And I go, like, you think the Dalai Lama doesn't get pissed off at anybody? You think, like, the guy's, like, in charge of a multi-billion dollar organization, honestly. Like, you know, yeah. you know, it's like, really? I think I think he gets a little angry sometimes. I think he can bite his tongue. I think he will say it cautiously, but pretty sure that being human, yeah, we're all going to get into that mode at some point of, you know. Duality. I can't maintain that calm 24-7. Next topic. Mm-hmm. The inner child. What is it? Oh, the inner child. Okay. This is one people ask about a lot. Um, And again, people do specific inner child work. So if you think about your soul's path and where your soul has come all these years that you've been alive, there have been exclamation point um, events, occurrences, parts of your life, you know, that if we looked on this timeline, there would be significant things that you would definitely remember and point out. And those are all parts of us, almost like a a fragment of our soul gets caught in that place. So, you know, we have our soul and it's like, we're like dropping breadcrumbs (laughs) onto those little segments of our life that were significant lessons or significant experiences, positive and not so positive. And yet when we get to be an adult, we're still living out some of those experiences. You know, we're still 
acting like a 10 year old, even though we're 35, right? You know, our, our, our language, we know better. This is when we say, I know better in my head, I can justify this and I know the right answer, but why did I yell and scream? Why did I like need to be heard so loud? Like why, like, cause your 10 year old is talking. You may be 35, but your 10 year old is talking. It's whatever that significant event is or whatever the theme has been. So a, a lot of times, you know, we're not even aware of it. And a lot of times you will see it keep coming back over and over, you know, like certain experiences will keep coming forward for you. And I, I, I just for an example, here's one that comes up for me. And I won't say a lot, but it comes up a significant amount of time is when I feel disrespected, I will definitely go into that shadow side. I will like when I feel disrespected. And I have to go back and look. And all along my career, I started my career very early, like at age 14. I started working in a YMCA and things. And I all along my entire career, people would say to me, well, you're not going to get there because you don't have a college degree. You're not going to get to that point in your life because you're not going to get a college degree. And those same people would be the ones who would be promoting me into those positions that they said I would never get into because I didn't have that degree. And I was like, you way underestimate me. You are definitely underestimating and you're disrespecting the fact that I have the ambition and the drive to get you where you need to go. So it almost feels like, you know, please just honor and respect that I am a human and that I have knowledge doesn't mean I have, I don't have a piece of paper, right? For a while there, it became a shadow for me that I would like, oh, I shouldn't apply because they're asking for a master's degree and I don't have a master's degree. And, you know, I tell myself the story. And so that was me, 20 something year old talking, even though I was 35 or 40 or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. When fully, I full knew, I full, fully knew that I was capable, competent, had the skill set that they needed. I just didn't have a piece of paper that they needed. So I I'd always feel like I had to work harder to do something to get there, right? That's how that inner child plays out. It's that little piece of me that just felt like I was invisible at times. I was the youngest of six kids. And although I was very, my siblings would say spoiled, um, it still felt like I was the afterthought, you know, like I was just like, whatever, and just kind of went through life. But that, that disrespect piece, when that comes up, that is my trigger. That is my inner child trigger piece. And it's usually the exclamation point at like age 16 or 17 or 18 or 19, somewhere in that category there of feeling a disrespect. So you'll see that inner child play out when I didn't get my way or you're saying things, even as a 60 year old adult, it's not fair, you know, like yeah. go back to where that came from. Where did those limiting beliefs come from? You know, that's what usually happens is that we formulate a limiting belief based on those exclamation points. And I would say to you that, you know, everybody wants to work on limiting beliefs. And that's like the phrase now, like, let's get over your limiting beliefs. But I would say that before the limiting belief came a decision that that was true. 
you know, a decision that I was being disrespected, a decision that I wasn't worthy, a decision that this person who said something to me had that their opinion had more weight in my life. I made that decision and then I created the belief around it. So going back and collecting those exclamation points or going back and exploring, when did I decide that? When did I decide that I don't have enough knowledge to get ahead in this world, imposter syndrome, right? When did I decide that? When did I decide that other people's opinions of me were more important than my opinion of me, mm. right? So we created those exclamation points, but we decided before we made the belief system around it. So that inner child plays out even as an adult. And so even in a, a situation like a, a boss and an employee situation, you know, here's the boss who may have come from a household where they were never heard, right? Nobody listened to them. They're like, children should be seen and not heard. What do you know? You're just a kid, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. But they, so with that, they formulated a need for validation. So they just worked and worked really hard and worked their way through the system. And finally, they get the title of manager, director, boss, vice president, whatever it is. So you have somebody who never felt heard, who all of a sudden, you have to listen to me because I'm the boss now, mm. right? And now here you have an employee coming up who also grew up in a household that they were never heard. And they are trying to get validated and validated and validated. So they also work very hard, but they only get to a certain point where maybe now they're the administrative assistant to this VP. And so now we're having these conversations between the two of them, and they're both coming from not being heard, right? Or not feeling worthy, like I'm not being heard, so I'm not worthy. So here's the boss going to try to overemphasize and you're not doing it right. And, and here's the administrative assistant like, but I'm trying my best and doing mm. it. Right? At that point, we literally have two 10 year olds arguing. Yeah. Like that's all that's happening. Like we have to realize that it doesn't matter what age they're at. Like all of those disagreements go back to a point in your childhood along your soul's path mm. where you have something to learn from it. Right. So for me, in my example, the, the point is, well, what does it matter if they respect you or not? Like, as long as you're respecting yourself, that's more important. Right. Other people's opinions aren't any, they're not going to get you any further just because they have an opinion about you. But if you still get mad about it, now I'm feeding my shadow because then I could just stay in that cycle if I wanted to right. and still be in it two weeks later, three weeks later and be like, ah. That person, da, 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 right? Yeah. As you know, because we live close together, we, we had a, a power outage in, in here in Connecticut, and mm -hmm. it was out for quite some time. Yep. <laughs> and so one day I was outside in the garden, and down the street I was hearing yelling. I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I'm peeking. And it's hard to hear everything because there's generators going throughout right. the whole neighborhood. <laughs> and there's this kid, I say kid loosely, you know, he's got to be between 20 and 25, somewhere in there. And he is screaming, full on temper tantrum, yelling at his parents. I have no idea what happened. 
obviously he's ticked off for some reason, but he's having a full out temper tantrum. Like stay away from that guy. He might kill you type. Yeah. And so that just crossed my mind when you're talking about all this inner child stuff. Yeah. Is that really the 25 year old behaving that way? Or is there something that the parents triggered from when he was seven? Yeah. You know, yeah. and in most of us, the most significant age range where the biggest impact or the first impact happens is between zero and seven. So at the age of zero to seven. So there's something that's imprinted upon us and then everything else starts to play off of that. Definitely up to the age of 14, there's an imprint that's going on right there and we keep it and we have to become aware of it. So once we become aware of it, you know, we have like the way I look at it is saying, you know, if you're upset, if you're angry, if you're in that full on temper tantrum, like you chemically in your body, you've got about 90 seconds of like endorphin releases that are happening there, you know, and then after that, it's a choice, right? You know, so if you're going more than 90 seconds, you yeah. definitely are making the, the choice to keep it going, right? right? So, you know, in that 90 seconds, can you ask yourself, you know, what's the one word that I can name this? Can I name this something? Can I name it an emotion? Is there an emotion that I'm feeling? You know, for me in my example, it's like disrespected. That was the emotion, right? So I can give it a word and then I have to ask myself in my head, have I felt this before? And the answer is, oh, absolutely yes. So my then hypothesis there is it's not really about today. It's really about an accumulation of events like today that all of a sudden just came to a head today, mm. right? I felt it before. I gave it an emotion. I felt that emotion before. It's not really about this. It's about three or four of those things that have happened like it. Mm. That's really, this was just the trigger of it. So it becomes like more enlightened for you. It becomes something that you can now say, oh, that's what I need to work on. It's not really about this person or this day. It's really about the theme of the day. And mm. I need to go back and work on that. And when did I decide that that was okay to have a ten temper tantrum because I didn't get my way, right? Right, right. When was it allowed, right? And it's, and it's, it's usually always parents. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a trigger there with parents. Yeah, or family in general, right? The people who are closest to us, our primal family, our tribe. That's what they came into our life for, right? Yeah. That's why we chose them, so that they could be our teachers. Mm. Good and not so good, right? Well, I am looking forward to the Navigating Human podcast. I am. This is going to be good. Yeah. And, and I'm a sucker for good names. And that's a good name. Thank you. It took a while. It took it, a while to get there. It took a while for me too. And, and mine rhymes with my name. So, I know. <laughs> you know, I guess as the, as we finish up, like we were talking about change, like if we could, as humans, let life unfold for us and start, instead of trying to make it happen, just allow it to happen, mm -hmm. we'd be in a much better spot. You know, most of us are either trying to take control or we're reacting to what's happening instead of letting it unfold and responding to what's happening. Well said. And then making our, making our decision based on our response. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate your time today and I, I will be 
uh, inviting you back in another six, seven, eight months, somewhere in there. <laughs> okay. It's a deal. All right, it's a cool. deal. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. My honor. This episode is a shining light on change. We're always going to have it. It's always going to happen. This is a big reason why some folks do not become entrepreneurs. They can't go into business because business changes all the time. And not everyone can handle the pivots, the left turns, the right turns. You know, it's like a wild ride that makes them want to throw up. But we can get through it once we understand how to navigate, as Priscilla would say. Be sure to check out my meditations on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. I made them just for you. Be sure to share this podcast with someone. Let them know that it exists. Go back. Check out all the amazing episodes with people like Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., Santos Bonacci, Dr. Robert Morse, Dizan Roshi, or even go back to Priscilla Bankston's first appearance on the podcast. And if you're looking for more of me, go to drreese.com. That's doctor spelt out. And I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.